welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. So welcome everyone. So glad to have you here. And today I want to talk about a post that has been one of our most popular posts on our Facebook page, Warrior Goddess Inspiration. And that post is about mistreatment. And the post was, love yourself so much that when you, that you know when someone's mistreating you. And that is a powerful quote. Love yourself so much that you know when someone is mistreating you. Because when you raise your self-love and your capacity, then it's easier to see where other people are not treating you with respect, with, with presence, with curiosity, with love. But I wanted to add something in to that quote as well, which is that so often the being that is mistreating us the most is ourselves. Okay. So I want to unpack that today. The unpacking is around where are the places that we mistreat ourselves, and how do we rectify that? So we start treating ourselves better because it's in that coming back into alignment with ourselves, treating ourselves with respect, with love that we then start to be able to hold that in the people around us. It's effortless. And usually the person that mistreats us the most is us. So what does mistreatment look like? What does it feel like? Most of us have one of the, the main teachings that I talk about is that most of us have a really well-developed judge and a really well-developed victim. So we have these two aspects of ourselves and the judge is a critical part of us that's, that's watching your every move, that's looking for you to make a mistake, that's comparing you to other people, that's criticizing your behaviors, that is looking at your mistakes from the past and still beating you up for them and not forgiving you, that's also looking at and worrying about what you might do in the future wrong so then you don't take as many risks. Okay, so that part is basically trying to keep you safe. It's trying to create a container that you're not going to hurt yourself out in the world. But the method that it does that is by punishment. And it, we're in a society that's domesticated us, or a dream of the planet, as we call it, that's domesticated us into this model of punishment and reward. The the overarching thing is if you do it right, putting that in air quotes, if you're doing it, if you do something right, you should be rewarded for it. If you're doing something wrong, again, in air quotes, you should get punished for it. And punishment is often withholding love. So we are often experts at withholding love from ourselves as a form of punishment. And sometimes we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. Mistreatment comes in many forms. So this isn't to negate that people outside of us can mistreat us. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that. But I want to start with this idea of where are we mistreating 
ourselves and how might we mistreat ourselves? Because once we become aware of it, we can then step back and start looking at how do I treat myself better? How do I stop mistreating myself, especially the ways I don't even realize that it's mistreatment. I just think that it's how things are. So examples of mistreating yourself. I like to divide things up into quadrants, these four main aspects of ourself, because that gives us a capacity to step back and look at our relationship with ourselves. And those four quadrants are your mind, your energy, your emotions, and your physical body. So each of us has our mental body, our energetic body, our emotional body, and our physical body. So if we think about the mental body, those are the ways we think about ourselves and the ways that we talk to ourselves. So in what ways do our thoughts, do, does our mind mistreat us? Where are the places where, again, we compare ourselves to others, we're constantly critical. The voice that we have in our head is what I call often a mean girl voice. So rather than having a supportive, loving, present inner voice, we have a voice that is yelling at us, making us wrong, telling us we should be different. So that's what we want to start to peel away from, is explore and and. What frees us, I've seen over and over again, is telling ourselves the truth and looking at what am I actually doing to myself? What am I actually doing? What am I thinking? And are those thoughts supportive? Do they help me heal? Do they help me grow? Do they help me take risks? Do they help me explore? Do they help me step more and more into my light? Or are those thoughts damaging? Are they causing you to not want to take risks because you feel like you're going to get in trouble or you're going to end up being judged by others? Often what's happening is that we're holding ourselves back because of the way we're judging ourselves and how harsh we are on ourselves. That often that we don't even recognize that we're wanting somebody else to respect us, we're wanting to be seen, and yet we're not bringing that respect to ourselves. So what does that look like? What does it feel like? Imagine what it would be like if every day when you woke up, the first thing that you heard your mind say to you was, good morning, sweetheart. Ready for your day? Let's go. Let's explore. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's try new things. Let's be quiet and still. What do you need today? If that voice was gentle, compassionate, present, curious, open-hearted, and that was your natural voice, imagine how different your day would be. 
And imagine if you were able to then bring that voice into the world as well, not because you were trying to be a particular way, but because that was authentically your relationship to yourself. And that based in that relationship with yourself, you have respect and respect for yourself means, you know, you're going to make a mistake. You know that you're going to mess up sometimes. You don't expect yourself to be perfect. One of the biggest ways that we often punish ourselves without realizing it is the expectations that we hold. I should be perfect. I should already know how to do it. And we also go into this place of, I shouldn't be judging myself. I shouldn't be vigging myself up. I should be respecting myself, which is also not helping. (laughs) So to really learn how to stop any place that you're judging yourself by first beginning to not judge yourself for the ways you're judging yourself, not judging yourself for the places you're not respecting yourself, not judging yourself for the places that you're struggling. We all mistreat ourselves to some degree. And we can all learn how to treat ourselves better. And that takes, again, being honest with where am I mistreating myself? And again, we started with the mind. Then we can also look at, I'm going to skip to the uh, physical body. Where do we mistreat ourselves with our physical body? And that might be not getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, really basic, 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 basic. Um, not eating foods that are beneficial for our body or, or really heal us, thinking that our body should look a particular way. And this is where the mind comes in again, but connects to the body. So the mind says, your body should be different. Okay. And that's a mistreatment. The truth is your body's the way your body is. You can change it, perhaps. There's some things you won't be able to change. There's some things you can change. But is your desire to change your physical body out of love and respect and gratitude for this physical body or is it out of punishment and judgment that's a fundamental pivot when you go into relationship with your physical body from just immense gratitude for we have this body, like we each have these incredible bodies and our bodies are all different So for me, it doesn't matter if your body is differently abled, if you consider that you are overweight, if you consider that you're underweight, if you consider that you wish you were more athletic. When you're connected to your body, you can have the impulse of, ooh, I'd like to be more athletic. What do I do to support myself? Which is really different than, I hate my body, I better start running. Or I'm interested in feeling stronger in my body and how do I support myself in that versus comparing yourself to everybody else on the planet and finding yourself at fault. So learning how to not mistreat yourself is also not mistreating your body and listening to what does your body need, not what your body needed 20 years ago or what you think your body should need. And this takes extra time. Like it's easy to pick up a book that tells you, here's what you need to do. And to then punish yourself because it's not working or to really struggle with trying to keep up with it or to follow it. 
but realize it doesn't actually work and then to feel frustrated. What's more difficult is being quiet and listening. What does this body need? How do I best support this body? And then finding the resources to help you do that. So let me explain that a little bit better. So what I'm not saying is you have to do it yourself. You have to figure all this out by yourself. You shouldn't get any support or help outside. You need support or help. We all do. We all need support and help in transforming our lives and especially our life with our mind and with our bodies. But there's a difference between thinking, if I just find the right outside thing, that'll fix everything versus, and that's a form of mistreatment versus let me really support this being, this body at this time and listen what would best serve me. And that then when you find a resource, you use that resource in service to you rather than trying to force yourself to fit the resource. Okay, I'm going to say that again because that's big that you learn to find resources that support the being that you are, which means you, you take what works for you versus trying to fit yourself into a resource, trying to fit yourself into, oh, I should be doing it this way. You're in service to your own growth and development and listening to your intuition while you gather resources and guidance versus if I just did it right, if I just followed the path, then everything would be better. Okay. That's more short-term, what I think of as short-term nourishment. And what we're wanting to do, if you want to really stop mistreating yourself in all the subtle ways that we do, that means that you are learning how to become your own best friend and ally and be with yourself in the long-term to be sustainable. That, that sustainability means I'm committing to be in relationship with this human that I am and to learn and be more intimate with myself so that I can love this being. And out of that place of love, transform. Now, it takes time. We're talking about a big concept of transformation that takes time. And this is part of also not mistreating yourself is expecting yourself to be different right away or that you can take a tool and know how to use it. It takes time to one, find good tools that work for where you're at, to learn the skill set to use those tools and then to start to implement them. Okay. And again, a form of mistreatment is the, well, I should just already know how to do this or why isn't this tool working right away? And then you drop it. Learning to be in right relationship with yourself is listening what tools needed now and then starting to implement it over time. And that this is a lifetime process. Exactly. This is a, we're learning how to be sustainable. You know, another way that we mistreat ourselves is around our emotional body. The places that we say, I shouldn't be having this emotion or I shouldn't be in reaction or I should be having an emotion. Why don't I? So again, the places that the mind is judging the emotional body 
and learning how to, to peel the mind off so that we go back into relationship with the emotional body that allows us to then listen. What does this emotional body need to heal? Again, journey. We're learning how to be sustainable. There's many things that we have learned that we're unlearning. And really, I think so much of the spiritual path is about this process of unlearning who we think we're supposed to be, who we've been taught to be, who we expect ourselves to be, so that we can open into who we are and that we empty out. Once you empty out the knowing, the connection, the self-compassion arises almost naturally in that space, which is so beautiful. And there's things to let go of. But here's the thing, loves, that I've been, I've done this before. I've been guilty of this. And I see a lot of people do this where we start going into beliefs and uh, mistreatment of ourselves with things like this. I should be more loving. What's wrong with me? If I was only more loving or if I was, if I didn't punish myself so much, I'd be so much better off. And what's wrong with me that I keep punishing myself about the past? That right there is a form of mistreatment. And what it boils down to is who is asking the question and how is the question being asked? So who's asking the question in a case like that? I should be more loving. What's wrong with me? What's happening is that you're mistreating yourself and beating yourself up and punishing yourself and judging yourself for not being loving enough. So really who's in charge at that moment is a judge. Or maybe your victim, maybe your victim then, the mistreatment comes from blaming everybody else or feeling ashamed and not clearing the shame out. So the blame is you know, well, the reason that I'm not loving is because of that person in my life and it's their fault and that therefore. And so we feel victimized. We feel helpless. We feel like we can't change because it's somebody else's fault. Or we are holding our shame down. We don't really, we're not really willing to be vulnerable with ourselves and with others because we don't want to feel the shame or we don't want them to see the shame. And so we keep repressing our own shame or guilt or blame, even self-blame. And that then keeps us stuck as well. Another form of mistreatment. So you can see there's all these subtle ways. And so the, here's how I think about it is that we learn to step back and see the place that we're mistreating ourselves and be honest with it. But don't beat ourselves up. Just go, yep, okay, I'd like to do better. I'd like to be in a different relationship with myself where I'm respecting and loving and supporting the being that I am. Now, once you make that commitment, once you claim that, like I'm ready to stop mistreating myself, I'm ready to have a better relationship with myself, what inevitably happens is that you start seeing all the places you're mistreating yourself and all the places that you're punishing yourself and all the places that you're feeling victimized. And that's hard. But the awareness is part of the process of then starting to clean it up little baby steps at a time. 
to learn how to not mistreat yourself, one of the best ways is to find people that have learned the skill of not mistreating themselves and to use them as role models, not to use them to beat yourself up. I should be more like that person, but like, okay, there's a role model of somebody who has a good loving relationship with themselves. Let me lean into them and help my being learn by their modeling. Okay, whether that's reading books or friends that you have or videos or YouTube or Facebook Lives or podcasts, whatever it is. That you're finding people and communities that are on a path of love, self-love and self-intimacy. And that that then extends out to all other humans exactly where those humans are. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, sometimes we get confused in spiritual community or in healing community where, where we start to believe, well, if I'm respecting myself and treating myself well, then I'm never going to pull in people that are mistreating me or I should never have to make a boundary, or everyone then is always gonna respect me. Which isn't necessarily true. People are all varied around you and people are acting out of their own pain and their own hurt and their own discomfort or their own desire to be safe. When you respect and love yourself or you're on that journey, because it's an ongoing journey, it's not like, you know, tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to be self-loving and self-respecting. And then that's done. You never have to do anything again. It's more, I would say, it's more like flossing your teeth or washing the dishes, that it's something that you're going to continue. We all are continuing to build our capacity to love ourselves and others, our capacity to respect ourselves and others. And as your capacity to do that for yourself grows, then you'll be able to see, oh, this person isn't respecting themselves and they're not respecting me. And it isn't a trigger. It's just clarity of, I need to set a boundary here. This doesn't work for me. And we don't then need to make that other person wrong or bad. We may not agree with their behavior at all. We may need to make a really strong boundary about, around their behavior, but we don't need to make the human wrong. We can name the behavior and make a boundary. That for me is great respect. And I respect that others' humans choice they're making. I might not like it. It may not be okay in my world. Because I respect myself, I see the mistreatment that's happening outside of me as well. And I don't take it personally. I set boundaries. Okay. And that's what we're learning how to do. Again, patience, it takes time. And one of the best tools for this is to recognize why do people mistreat themselves or others? It's often because they're scared. They're trying to control. They're trying to fix. They're trying to feel safe. One of my best teachers around this was actually a horse, a couple horses. I used to 
uh, ride horses when I was a kid um, into a young adult. And I was really, that, that was my whole world was horses. And I trained horses. I rode horses. I was on the equestrian team at my college. And I want to go to the Olympics. Like it was really a big thing in my life. And one of the things that I learned is that when I had, when I raised a horse, so I had a horse named Shiona that I raised from a little foal, but I never made boundaries with her. And I just let her do whatever she wanted to do. And which is kind of okay when they're young, but when they become an adults and they're a thousand pounds, it's not so great. And this is what we often do in our relationships is we don't make a boundary. We don't make a boundary. We don't make a boundary. We see a place where we're like, I need a boundary here, but we ignore it. We don't make the boundary. We don't speak up. We don't say, Hey, why did you, what happened there? Or can we renegotiate this? Or I'm feeling uncomfortable. This is what works for me that we don't start the conversation and we start, don't set the boundaries we ignore, 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 ignore. And there's all these signs and all these boundaries that are crossed that it's like, we're like, ah, it's just little though, who cares? But then of course it grows. And that's what happened with me and this horse is that by the time she was an adult, she physically had no bound. Like she would run me over physically. I mean, we just battled constantly. And it was my responsibility because I didn't set the boundary. I didn't set the little boundaries in the beginning, which made it harder to set the boundaries later, but it's going to go back to being clear. Now I was training somebody that was really struggling with a relationship of somebody who is constantly crossing her boundaries in a very big way. And she was a really potent, powerful horse trainer. And I asked her this question, and this was a big aha for me as I was walking her through this. I was like, oh, I, the question was, if you have a horse that is acting out, that is even violent, that is aggressive, what do you know about that horse? Like, what would you do first? And she was like, immediately, she was like, I know the horse is hurting in some way. They've either been abused in the past or they're hurt. They're physically hurting. And that's why they're being aggressive. They're scared. They're scared or they're in pain. And I said, and what do you do with that? And she said, I have very clear boundaries and I'm very also loving. Like I'm, I don't meet it with anger. I don't meet it with violence. I meet it with love. I meet it with clear definitions of boundaries. And we retrain so that the horse knows it's safe. Okay. So often humans outside of us are acting out because they're in pain or they're scared. You have to set a boundary. It's not like, oh, well, they're in pain, so I don't have to set a boundary. You have to set a boundary. But you don't have to set that boundary out of anger, out of frustration, out of their bad. You get to set, you can learn how, let me say that again, you can learn how to set a boundary out of clarity. No, this behavior is not okay. Here's why. As you practice that, what you'll find is that you will stop mistreating yourself by making clear boundaries. Sometimes, a lot of time, not making clear boundaries is self-mistreatment. 
and it looks like, oh, just a little easy thing or not speaking up, okay? not asking questions. And that's always a good place to start. Ask more questions. Ask more questions. If you're not sure about something, as a form of not mistreating yourself or not trying to figure out what's going on, get curious and say, hey, this just happened, what's going on? What's your experience of this? And be willing to speak up, to communicate, to set boundaries, to learn, to listen, to be curious. As you keep deepening your respect of yourself and as you lessen your own self-mistreatment, the places that you're going against yourself, as you start allying with yourself more, you'll find it easier, again, to notice when mistreatment's happening outside of you and course correct it. And course correct it earlier. Okay, now, so I'm going to open it up for questions now. So if you set a boundary and you're clear with the boundary and somebody keeps crossing that boundary, then you're at a decision point. So either they don't, what they're telling you, even if their words say, I respect your boundary, I will never do this again, but they do it again. You know, I tend to give people a couple tries. I probably have more leeway because I'm curious of what's going on. But what I look at is, did we, was I clear? This is where I start. Was I clear with my boundary? Was I clear with the agreement that we are making together? So I start there with myself. Was I clear? And I go check with them. So if I've set a boundary and I feel like it's been crossed again, then I go back and go, hey, this is how I don't mistreat myself. Hey, I thought we had set this boundary or we had this agreement. What was your understanding of it? So I check in with them and then reestablish the boundary, reclarify. And if I find that they keep crossing the boundary or we keep not meeting, then I have a choice. And again, this is how I've learned to not mistreat myself is by not then making it personally of I'm doing something wrong or they're doing something wrong, but to say they can't keep this agreement. They may want to even, but what their actions are showing is that they can't hold that boundary or they can't be in relationship in the way that I want to do it. And then there's choice. End the relationship, renegotiate, Understand, they can't hold that boundary. So what are you going to do? You know, when I was first learning how to, to be in a better relationship with myself, one of the first things that I saw was that if people didn't do what I thought they should be doing, I suffered a lot. I made it about me or I made it about them. And I would create all these stories about what was happening and connect it to my past. Well, it's because of this, or they're just like this. And what's shifted in my life 
about this idea of mistreatment is that if I perceive someone's mistreating me, I explore how am I doing this to myself? Not as like, I'm now going to punish myself because I must be doing this to myself, but just out of curiosity. Is there any way I'm doing this to myself? Let me clean that up. And then to go in and start asking questions, setting boundaries, not making up stories about it. And that if the other human cannot follow through on what the boundary is that I'm asking for, I'm at choice. I don't use their behavior to punish myself or to feel victimized. It's really, all right, next step, next step. You're going to find people in your life, all of us are, that are like horses or any animal that's been abused, that they are aggressive, that they act out, that they try and hurt others because of their pain. You don't have to accept that pain. But part of not accepting that pain is understanding they, you can't fix their pain. And I think this is where sometimes we get in trouble around this idea of mistreatment is that we, we feel like, okay, if they're hurting, that means I have to fix it. But can you see the mistreatment, not take it personally, understand it's about their pain or their upset, but not then have to fix it or decide, oh, well, I don't need to make a boundary around that. But to still be willing to have the conversation, to stand up for yourself, to invite them in to questioning or to opening to what's going on for them without having to fix or change or understand. So often what we're seeking is to be seen. And that starts with learning to really see ourselves for where we're at and continue to deepen our relationship with ourselves of getting to know who am I? And what qualities do I want to bring into the world? So as we start to close, and I'll ask, answer a couple questions here, but as we start to close this idea of what quality do I want to bring into my life more towards myself? And as you learn to bring that quality, whatever it is, more peace, more calm, more love, more presence, more compassion, that as you bring those qualities to yourself, pick one, peace, yes, then it'll change how you talk to yourself. It'll change how you're in relationship to your body. It'll change how you're in relationship to your emotions because you'll be dedicated to bringing that quality in and learning instead of mistreating yourself to bring in more joy or more peace or more compassion. Start small. Yes, Darlene, thank you. All right. So the question is this, when we notice where we mistreat ourselves, do we set boundaries ourselves? Just notice it and address, judge victim or take another approach. Yes, this is huge. Set a boundary with yourself. 
How do we learn to set boundaries with other people? So often learn to set a boundary with yourself. So if you notice you're mistreating yourself by not getting enough sleep, by eating foods that don't support you, by always keeping yourself really busy, by constantly judging yourself, how do you set a boundary with yourself? One of the things that, that I'm doing, just quick example, is I'm starting to write in the mornings more, which means I need to get to bed earlier, which means I need to set a boundary with myself to get myself to bed. And it's been a practice. Like I'm learning like, okay, how do I set that boundary with myself? This is the time you need to be in bed, sweetheart. And to have that compassionate but firm boundary with myself, I'm training my being in a new way. And it's difficult because often we're used to crossing our own boundaries. We don't respect ourselves. Learning to set a boundary with yourself means to first name where is there a boundary needed and how do I support myself in creating those boundaries with myself? So valuable. And again, that makes it easier to have boundaries with others. Good. So here's a great, uh, thanks, Kara. I need this so much. I've been navigating this year very well, working in public transport. Oh, that's huge. I felt calm, compassionate, and able to access and adapt well with grounding and self-love. But recently I've hit burnout. To continue to keep my heart open with the revolving door of wonderful, unique humans is requiring a lot of self-recharge. Boundaries of what I choose to receive and absorb as energy firing at me throughout the day. Yes, beautiful. So there's that learning of like, okay, I... I was able to hold this capacity and now I'm hitting burnout, which means you've got to renegotiate with yourself what you need. How do you deepen the relationship with yourself? Like what can I do other than a better mindset? Spend time doing things you love with yourself. Okay, so there's a lot of other things, but I'm just going to have you start there. So for those of you who are like, well, how do I better my relationship with myself. Start having a relationship with yourself. And how do you do things with yourself? Just like you were on a date with somebody else. What do you like doing? Do more of those things with yourself and you can do little bitty things. So it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to go on a vacation to France. It can be, I'm going to go for a walk and go smell the lilacs outside my house and feel it. I'm going to make myself a really good dinner. I'm going to get to bed early. That's deepening your, your relationship and also your lack of your um, trust in yourself. So somebody else had written, how do I work with the lack of trust in myself? It's you start honoring your own word to yourself. And if you break your word, you name it. Okay, I broke that. I'm going to try again. I always say one of the best ways to deepen your relationship with yourself and to rebuild trust is by setting little tiny tasks for yourself and then following through on those little tiny tasks. And if you've taken on too big of a task, that you make it smaller. Okay, Then you say, oops, okay. Because what builds trust? Follow through. That you, what you're saying you're going to do that you do. That's what builds trust. What also builds trust is that you're not punishing yourself when you make a mistake. So your being isn't going to trust you if 
you do something wrong and then you beat yourself up for it. Then you're getting into this thing of like, oh my God, I have to be perfect. I can't do anything wrong. Having compassion for yourself. When you make a mistake, admitting and, and following up, apologizing, that also will build trust in yourself. So that can be where we close today is what little next step can you take in your life to help you deepen your respect, stop mistreating yourself, become more compassionate? What little bitty step can you take? So my little bitty step this week has been getting to bed early so that I wake up earlier so I can write and setting that boundary with myself and sticking with it. Okay. Seems really small, but it changes everything of the day. So keep exploring and being curious the places where you're mistreating yourself and What's the remedy for that? What action can you take that will change the focus for yourself? That will move you towards respect rather than towards mistreatment. There's something that I wanted to just close with. I'm trying to find the language for. Mm, it's this. Any place that you see that you're mistreating yourself ask yourself a question. And the question is not, why am I doing this? You might ask that question later. But the question is, hi, sweetheart, how can I support you? How can I support you? And that might be, how can I support you in creating a boundary? How can I support you in staying steady? How can I support you in bringing compassion here? How can I support you in staying present as we go through this hard time, like whatever it is, name the mistreatment of where you see that you're mistreating yourself. And then how can you support yourself? And then when you feel, when you notice, oh, I'm mistreating myself through this other person, because that's what we're doing. Basically, we're mistreating ourselves through other people. What boundaries need to be put in place? And you've already learned how to make boundaries with yourself. What you'll start to recognize is you'll no longer allow other people to mistreat you because what you'll see is that you, that's you allowing yourself to mistreat yourself through somebody else. And that you'll know how to make a boundary against because you'll have practiced it in yourself. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope that was helpful. For those of you that joined us live and hello to all of you that are listening to the recording later. So this will be an edited version. Um, hi, Kevin. Thank you of a warrior goddess revolution podcast. This is going to be episode 12. We'll, we'll get it up next week. And also if you haven't watched previous podcasts, there's some amazing interviews. So warriorgoddess.com slash podcast, check it out. And I will be doing lives every couple weeks. Thanks for joining me. Bye, sweethearts.
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a fellow warrior goddess. If you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today, we want to know about it. You can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, 